0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Joining us today is a screenwriter from London who co-hosts the romantic comedy focus podcast You had us at Hello, and she's also the writer of a romantic comedy from 2015 called Man Up. Please welcome Tess Morris.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm going well, thanks. And you?
1: I'm very excited to be on your podcast. That's because Thank you. I, I love your show. I love the podcast. So I'm very happy to be here.
0: Thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. Um, how was your day? What you get up to?
1: That's a very good question. Uh, first question. Um, my day was I am writing for the show Only Murders in the Building. Now, I know you don't. Do you have streaming? Do you have do you watch streaming? No, I don't, you know? I, don't,
0: I don't use it, no.
1: Okay, well, have you heard of the show? I haven't, no. Okay, you might like it. It has Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, and they solve... Um, murders in the bu- building they live in in new york it's very fun and big and um i think i think you might quite enjoy it actually so i've been in the writers room all day working on season 3 oh how was your day
0: my day has been go- been going well for the most part it's only like um half past noon noon here in australia
1: right it is 7:30 in los angeles
0: los angeles you mean
1: I say Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, all my American friends take the mickey out of me for saying Los Angeles. So don't, don't worry. I'll try it. I'll do better.
0: Well, your accent is quite refreshing anyway.
1: <laughs> Good. What did you do for your day?
0: I just had to get some errands done today.
1: What were your errands? I love an errand day.
0: Me, not so much. I had to um, okay. dry dishes for my, for my mother again, put out clothes, you know, towels and sheets I had to get stuff from Coles.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I personally, when I've got like a list of errands, I just, I love ticking them off. It's very satisfying to me.
0: I see. Can you describe your journey to becoming a writer?
1: My journey to becoming a writer was I um, always wrote when I was younger, but I wrote lots of stories, short stories. Like um, I thought maybe I'd be a novelist. But then I watched a lot of television growing up because I was quite sickly as a child, so I was always off school. So, no, it worked out in my favour, Michael, because I watched so much television and so many movies that I realised that I loved that kind of form. And I started to write little short films and then I went and studied film and TV at university and then subsequently I left there and i became a journalist and then while i was a journalist i used to interview actors from we have a soap opera in england called Hollyoaks. do you know Hollyoaks? it's like neighbors sort of
0: oh i see
1: so that i got a job working on that when i was 24. so um so it was a kind of you know it's a soap opera but i learned a lot on it and that was my first job uh. and then i just sort of went on from there really
0: Nice. There must have been a very uh, journey of hard work.
1: It was hard, but I learned a lot because you're in a room full of writers and you have to come up with storyline ideas and you have to write really quickly and you're always working on three different episodes. I know you're making that face and yeah. it's, it's true. It was quite hard work, but I learned a lot. Wow.
0: And also, I must confess, I never saw Neighbours.
1: How can you never have seen Neighbours? You're Australian.
0: Yes, but I've also never seen Home and Away either.
1: That is outrageous. They were the shows that's all I watched when I was growing up. I'm really sad that Neighbours is ending.
0: Yeah, it's quite a shame.
1: You must have seen one episode at some point. I haven't. (laughs) Well there's going to be the final episode so I think you should watch the final episode of Neighbours so you can say you've seen one episode of Neighbours. I see. That's an errand for you.
0: You wrote the pilot for a sitcom right?
1: I've written a few pilots.
0: Isn't it true that that it led to becoming a writer for another sitcom?
1: Yes I wrote a script called Granny and Annie which was based on me and my grandma. And then that got me hired on a show called, um, a UK show called My Family, um, which was like a sort of Friday night, 7.30 p.m. sitcom. So, um, so yeah, so, but that's what you do. You tend to, what they call here is like a spec script, if you've heard that term before. Um, And it means you write a script that is your story and your words and your characters and your dialogue. And then a writer from another show will be like, oh, they could write on my show because they they have the same kind of tone or the same kind of ideas. Mm. Does that make does that make sense?
0: Yes, it that does make sense. But also in the writer's room, do they um, writers is expected to come up with three episodes every time.
1: No, the writer's room you are coming up with, it depends, on a, on a soap opera that was on five days a week. So you were constantly trying to work on different storylines and working across different episodes that would air at different dates. On something like Only Murders in the Building, we're now trying to figure out what season three is. So at first you'll just be coming up with big story ideas, then you get into episode ideas.
0: I don't think I could ever picture myself doing that kind of work.
1: I think you could do it, Michael, but um, it definitely is a certain type of using your brain in a different kind of way. You would have liked to go in the writer's room of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right?
0: Never pictured that.
1: Well, this is what would happen. I'd be like, say I'm, I'm, I'm the showrunner of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'd say, Michael, I think you should come and, and, and write on this show. And then you'd sit in the room and you'd come up with, you'd have ideas for the characters that you like, that you love and you'd say what about if this happened or what about if that happened?
0: I guess I could but the thing is what if I come up with nothing?
1: Well that happens a lot (laughs) and you just have to some days you have good days some days you have lots of great ideas and other days you have no good ideas.
0: Uh, Anyway um can you tell us about what my family is and why you only wrote for the first season?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh I actually only wrote for the last season so that's why (laughs) <laughs> I... The last was, season? It went for... I think it went for seven seasons. I definitely only did say season seven. That was what I was hired for. So is that wrong on my Wikipedia entry?
0: Oh, because according to Wikipedia, it, it says that you only wrote for the first season.
1: I should get someone to update that because that is not true.
0: Oh, right. My mistake.
1: <laughs> Don't worry.
0: And how was that experience?
1: It was... It was good. It was... I didn't it was a different time let's say um i learned a lot um i was the only girl girl in the room i was the only a female writer so that was sometimes you know a, a, could, could be challenging i will say but i met some wonderful people and learned how to write a lot of jokes and they film it in front of a live studio audience so you have to get used to... Yeah, so if a joke doesn't work, you're behind the monitors trying to think of a funnier joke, and it's quite stressful, but fun. Yeah, it
0: would be stressful. The thing is, <laughs> if, I, if I try to be funny, it doesn't work.
1: I disagree. I think, I think you know you're quite funny. I think that <laughs> you know you are.
0: But I'm not but even I, trying to be funny.
1: I know, but nor am I sometimes, Michael. And that's the joy of being... Like thinking you're not funny is sometimes that makes us the funniest people. But you tell good jokes and you know what humour is. You understand what makes something you know amusing.
0: But actually, I, I actually understand deadpan humour more.
1: I know, but that's still humour. It's just a type of humour, right?
0: Yeah, but it's also because that the person is speaking seriously but saying something that other people perceive as funny.
1: Yes, but. I think that deadpan humour is an art form. If you can say things in a deadpan fashion and make people laugh, then that is a very uh, entertaining form of comedy. So I think you should lean into that as an actor. What is this
0: world coming to?
1: (laughs) You see? Funny. (laughs) My favourite thing that you said on Love on the Spectrum is about having the heart of a lion... I thought that was one of the best I know you meant it because it was true but it was also delivered in a brilliant way I also love what you said about um the different like what are those things you have in your bedroom there were like seven religious was it religious things
0: oh those are affirmation angels that's
1: it I, that's it sorry love I love those I actually have 12 of them 12 you've got a dozen of them now that's a lot more why did you yeah. get more why did you get more angels more affirmations.
0: Because I was touched by the messages of the other three.
1: What were the fa- your favourite messages?
0: Well, s- some of them say, may you find comfort in the arms of an angel, always on my yeah. mind, forever in my heart. Your love fills me with happiness. Miracles happen to those who believe in them. Angels are the guardians of hope, peace and love.
1: You see? Those are good affirmations.
0: Faith makes all things possible. Love makes it easy.
1: So now you have 12 of them. Okay, well. Yeah. They're not comedy angels.
0: No, they're not. (laughs) It's because I have a lot of spiritual things in my quarters, or bedroom as other people would like to say it. Oh, did you say what um, my family is about?
1: It's just about a family. And they're like... The mum and dad have been married a long time and kind of wind each other up about things. And, you know, it's a real, I don't know what your Australian equivalent is, but it's just a very broad sitcom.
0: Sounds like a very typical sitcom.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend watching it, by the way.
0: Yeah, um, I only watch what what interests me.
1: Yes, I know. And that's how we all should be.
0: There are certain genres that that I avoid watching.
1: Yeah, I know you don't like horror movies
0: horror slasher thriller
1: but you like rom-coms to a degree okay
0: which reminds me um i must confess i bought the dvd of a film you wrote which is called man up but it hasn't arrived in time for me to see it before this interview so i apologize for that well
1: i i'm just going to hang up right now this interview is we're done we're done michael
0: (laughs) but not but not but not to worry but not to worry i actually took the liberty of watching Ten movie clips on YouTube.
1: Excellent. That's good to know that it's being... You got access to it. Did you enjoy it?
0: I did, yes. (laughs) I certainly did enjoy it. It seemed like a basic summary of the entire film.
1: Yes. Well, the plot is based on something that actually happened to me.
0: Yes, I was actually about to get to that. Um, Can you tell us a bit about this film you wrote?
1: I wrote Man Up because I was... Um, I was looking, I've was i always wanted to write a romantic comedy and I could never think of a good p- premise, you know, because a lot of the time it's just boy meets girl or boy meets boy or girl meets whatever it is. And I was standing under the clock at Waterloo Station and a guy came up to me and he said to me, Helen? And I said, no, I'm not Helen. And he said, oh, sorry, sorry. And he, and he walked away. And I realised he thought I was his blind date. So because I think in romantic comedy terms, I thought, oh, what if I'd said yes when he'd asked if I was Helen and I had gone on a date with this guy who thought I was his blind date? (laughs) I didn't do it, Michael. (laughs) But that became the basis for the movie. Yes, that became the basis for the film. And then it's about one crazy night.
0: In the world of writing, have you experienced any moments of hopelessness or frustration due Due to various rejections?
1: I'd say 85% of the time, yes, yes. Oh. It, it's a lot of rejection and you'll find the same with acting, you know? It's a lot of people saying, no, or well, I, I don't want you to do this or do that. Um, you didn't get this job or that job. And I've done this job now for twenty, nearly 25 years. Um, and I would say most of it is things not happening, you know? Um, not getting jobs so you just have to learn to be very um, resilient
0: actually how did you persist
1: well sometimes I don't (laughs) sometimes I have a bit of time off and take take a few steps away but I think I persist because I at the very core of it I love doing it and when it's going well and you're writing well and you're working with great people, it's it's a wonderful feeling. So yes, that of kind course. of yeah, that kind of keeps you keeps you driving forward. But it's hard. It can yeah. be very, very difficult, yeah.
0: I know. But yeah. if it's something that you're very passionate about and that you really enjoy doing, keep doing it and don't give up.
1: Exactly. And you just have to make sure that you know how to take rejection, you know, and take a note from somebody. Yeah. Do you think you'll be good at that?
0: I don't know, because normally I prefer not not to accept no for an answer.
1: I mean, you're gonna have to get used to people saying no. How, I mean, do you think you can do that? I don't know. No, I know. It's rough, it's tough. But once you've had like 10 no's, then you get a yes, and all it takes is one yes. Have you been going on any dates? Where are you at? Where are you? Are you going to do another Love on the Spectrum? Nope. Not likely.
0: The the ABC, which is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, has not signalled a third season of it.
1: That... I hope they do. Because it's such a great show.
0: But also, I'm actually pursuing an acting career, so I'm also kind of branching away from from that as well. Right,
1: right. But are you going on dates still? What are you doing? How are you you navigating it? No dates. Do you use the apps? Nope. It's hard, Michael. It's hard. I know. Yeah. That's
0: why I believe I'd have much more success finding a woman in England.
1: Yes. Maybe England has like, I mean, there are definitely women there, but I feel like the dating world is so complicated now, you know, with the apps. Yes, and I know. Trying to meet people organically. Well, it's something to manifest.
0: Well, I do kind of, kind of have, a, have a bit of a preference for British women.
1: British ladies okay well if I will keep my ear to the ground specifically
0: in her in her early 30s
1: oh I'll have a think I'll have a think for you thanks I might I might know some no I might know some in London you want to go to the ivy
0: or even or even to a tea house and have a English high tea with with a with a British lady
1: a British you could go to um you could go to the Ritz or you could go to um Fortnum and Mason that has a whole tea room above with an early thirties British lady. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to try and sort that out for you, Michael.
0: Thanks. <laughs> and um, what's your advice for people who are struggling to make it in their chosen field?
1: I think you have to have, well, you have, what we just talked about, you have to be able to take rejection, very important. Be able to also take um, feedback about yourself so that you don't fall at the first hurdle if someone tells you you did this wrong or that wrong. I think you have to have lots of other things going on in your life as well. I think if you're just razor focused on one thing and you forget to have friends and family and doing things, then you can become too consumed by something. Yeah. So, I, so I like to have hobbies. Like I just started learning the drums last year. Oh. Yeah. But really you just have to keep going. You have to not have people, you know, you have to not give up. That's really the main thing who's had the career that you would like to have who's your favorite actor
0: well one of them is mark evan jackson
1: oh i don't know him oh from from brooklyn Nine. from brooklyn Nine.
0: finally somebody gets on the first go
1: <laughs> who does he play remind me
0: kevin costner who is um captain holt's husband
1: yes okay great what about an actor whose career like in film in movies that you'd like to have um jim carrey him Carrey, he's deadpan. Deadpan? No, he's wacky, but he can be deadpan.
0: Yeah.
1: What are you getting? Are you having a drink? Yeah.
0: No. Um, my sister was just handing a parcel that came to the door. Oh,
1: what's in it? What's in the parcel?
0: You, you seriously want to know?
1: Yes, of course I want. It might be. It might be Man Up. It might be the DVD.
0: Maybe we'll just see. <laughs> we'll just. We'll see.
1: Yeah, come on. If it is Man Up, Michael, that'll be so funny. Can you imagine if okay. it is? Okay. Here we go.
0: I don't know if it's going to be man up.
1: Okay. Let's just pretend it is, though.
0: What if it's not?
1: Just lie to me.
0: You do realize that I'm terrible at lying, right?
1: I know. I know you can't lie. I get it.
0: Because I'm I'm a little bit similar to Sean Cooper. He's not very good at keeping secrets, either. (laughs)
1: Okay,
0: what is it? Sadly, it's not.
1: Oh. Just pretend. Oh, it's Man Up! Is it Man Up, Michael? That's amazing. That's amazing. I can't believe Man Up arrived yes, live during this podcast.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I was also going to ask you is
1: mm-hmm.
0: during the production of Man Up, did you go to the set and meet Lake Bell or Simon Pegg?
1: I was on set for the whole thing. Yes. Um, I was very lucky. I know. I know. I was very lucky. Um, the producers and the director, Ben, they wanted me on set as much as possible. So I went every nice. day, basically.
0: So tell me, what what is Lake, Lake Bell like?
1: She's lovely. She's the best. I'm, st- I'm working with her still, again, on another movie idea. So, yeah. Nice. She's great. Yeah, she's great. And Simon is wonderful also. Um, and we had a lot of fun.
0: Have you used experiences from your own life to write about in scripts?
1: Well, yes, all the time. So I used it with Man Up with that happening to me under the clock. And then the new thing that I'm writing is very much based on um, when I was a bit heartbroken a couple of years ago. I had an idea while I was heartbroken um, that I'm now using for a new film. Yeah, I pretty much write most things from my own experience. And then I try and make them universal to everyone else.
0: Sometimes I just like to um, repeat certain lines from certain actors.
1: Which ones do you like?
0: Well, recently I've been um, thinking about Jim Carrey a lot.
1: What are your faves?
0: A Christmas Carol from 2009. Yep. And also those two films of Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Oh, yeah. That's pretty yeah, much yeah. my
0: top favourite work of his.
1: Yeah, but then you like his voice work, yeah?
0: Yeah, his voice work and um his facial expressions. Yes. He's basically an, an older version of me.
1: He is. He's a good person for you to... to I mean, you could like... What's the, Ace Ventura? Maybe you could reboot that.
0: Never saw that.
1: you never seen Ace Ventura? That's his big, that was his like big first, I think one of his first big movies. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Do you like Young Sheldon as well?
0: Uh, I don't watch it because I find his mother pretty annoying.
1: Right, fair enough, fair point.
0: I find a lot of mothers annoying actually.
1: Do you find, no, your mother's great.
0: Yes, I would say she is.
1: She loves you very much, doesn't she? She's great.
0: Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. But sometimes mothers get a bit too invested in their love for their kids.
1: Right. But it's better than the opposite.
0: Yes, not... I know. But personally, I'd rather not have kids.
1: Yeah. So you don't want kids?
0: No. I just no. don't want the expenses. <laughs> all the risk of all the risk of having to turn, turn down roles just so I could be a parent to a woman's kids.
1: I don't know. I mean, they'd be your children as well. What about animals? What about cats or dogs? Do you want cats or dogs? Cats. Cats.
0: But no I'm still living at home with my parents.
1: What, will they not let you have a cat?
0: Nope. According to my father, the vet fees are expensive.
1: Well, you know what you have to do then, Michael, is you have to find one on the street that you bring home and you're like, look, I found this kitten. And then they won't be able to say no. But this is where you could practice your acting skills, right? So you could... Come home and say, "Oh my God! Look what I found on the street! This poor kitten <laughs> that needs a home."
0: And act, and that's like 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 a distraught like five year old boy. Not a chance. I would actually would, would embarrass myself.
1: Well, that's one thing I will say to you about. If you want to act, you have to get used to embarrassing yourself.
0: I guess. Anyway, um, why do you think romantic comedies work so well?
1: I think that romantic comedies get put in a box um, of that no other movie genre gets put in where people think they're just silly, fluffy movies about romance when actually they're about human nature and emotions and one of the most complex things in the world, which is trying to fall in love with someone. And I think oh. just like every other genre of, of, of films that there are good ones and bad ones, you know?
0: Also, what is it, what is it that people love so much about romantic comedies?
1: Well, I think they love watching two people fall in love. I think it's a nice thing to watch. As, and if it's funny, which it should be for a romantic comedy, then it's even more enjoyable, you know, because you're not watching a drama where bad things are going to happen. You're watching, you know, a movie where they're going to make it fun for you. So I think it's also some good relief from the from the modern world. There's a lot of, you know, the world is tough right now. It's nice to watch something that feels hopeful. Yeah.
0: Although I, I've actually watched several romantic comedies in, in my past and I didn't, never found myself laughing at any of them.
1: Well, that's because you haven't watched Man Up yet. Michael, I think you've got to watch the movie. That's what I'm going to say to you.
0: Yeah, I'm actually planning to, to watch it when, it when it finally arrives. Well, it
1: did arrive during this podcast. Don't break the illusion.
0: What <laughs> illusion?
1: Well, we're pretending that the package that arrived was the DVD. Oh, yeah, that. That illusion. When you get the DVD, Michael, there's a blooper reel, and Rory is so funny in the blooper reel because he uh, he gets really big, like, laughing fits where he can't stop laughing, so...
0: Ah, so well, he, must, he must be classically trained.
1: He definitely is, yes. Are you going to study acting?
0: Yes, I'm actually do, doing a, currently doing a beginner's course in Sydney.
1: Great, so do you go into... It's, it's called... Once a week? Hmm? Is it once a week?
0: Yeah, yeah. Once a week for six weeks.
1: Great. What's it called?
0: It's called Screenwise. The the place is called.
1: Okay. And how many lessons have you had?
0: Just one so far. How was it? Very lovely. It was a lot of fun. I have a very very great, a very good gut feeling about it.
1: Okay, good. Did you do like trust exercises and improvisation?
0: Not yet. We're just doing um, vocal warm ups
1: oh I lo- what do you what did you do do one of your vocal warm-ups mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to do ma, me, me ma, moo. <laughs> a
0: little bit different but all right
1: <laughs> well you got higher and higher
0: yeah, it's, yeah. that's yeah Plus. Because I have Southern European heritage, I naturally have a very loud voice.
1: What? Right, I'm quite loud too. I think it's a good thing.
0: I do find loud voices sometimes to be a little bit full on. But nonetheless, they make things interesting.
1: Right, and you have to learn to project with acting, right? What's the most
0: romantic thing that you've ever experienced?
1: Some. Okay, someone... I, I was out on a, a date a long, long time ago... At a Pizza Express. It's like a posh pizza hut. And I really liked the pizza cutter. You know the pizza knives you get, knives you get, which are like a round circle, yeah. and then you can cut a pizza with. So I was really, yeah. I was really enjoying myself using the the thing, and I was like, this is great. And when we left the restaurant, uh, he'd he'd stolen it for me.
0: <laughs> How is it romantic? I
1: don't know, Michael. I just found it romantic at the time. I just thought, what more could you ask for? A man who'll steal a pizza knife from a restaurant for you. I know I'm weird, I'm weird, I'm weird.
0: So basically you find a a man stealing some kind of cutting utensil (laughs) for you, romantic.
1: Yes, yes, I did at the time. In hindsight, as I'm telling this story, I appreciate it sounds a little odd. It does. Oh, yes. I'm trying to think of something that's more traditionally romantic, but I find very untraditional things romantic. I see. Like I don't want flowers or chocolates or Paris. I don't need any of that. That's not for me. I find things that, yeah, I just, I like to be surprised in a way that isn't what people, nece- what, what some people might be like, oh, that's so romantic. I'd think, ah, I don't know if I find that romantic.
0: All right then. Now tell me what you think of this. This is what, how, how I figured out how to get a suitable gift for a woman for a birthday or Valentine's Day or something. At least two weeks beforehand, spend the day window shopping with her, see what she likes and secretly make some notes to yourself.
1: See, that is great. And what I would say is that that's not that dissimilar to being in a pizza restaurant and noting that the girl you're with really likes the pizza knife and then stealing the pizza knife. <laughs> It's the, same, it's the same kind of thing, right?
0: Well, it's similar, but not exactly the same. No,
1: but that is the key, I think, to any romantic thing is that you listen to someone, right? You understand yeah. what they like or they don't like, and then you react accordingly. Yeah. Yes.
0: Unfortunately, I don't, I don't zone out when I'm trying to listen to a woman.
1: No, that is a very good skill.
0: I don't say stuff like, we'll talk about it later, because do you know what a man really means when he says that?
1: But he doesn't want to talk about it later. Ever. Ever.
0: And expects it to never be be brought up again.
1: Yes. But you know what? Women can say that too.
0: That's fair enough too. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I believe that we're on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. That's a segment in the last quarter of the podcast where the guest gets the opportunity to ask me questions. Whatever comes to mind.
1: Right. Well, my first question, Michael. Give it to me. I'm giving it to you. What are you doing a TED talk about?
0: Oh, I'll be talking about my life journey, life experiences, and how my views on, on success have changed.
1: So are you learning it off by heart?
0: I'm actually going to use a podium.
1: Okay. And they're 11 minutes long?
0: Nope. Seven minutes long. Oh, seven. Okay.
1: Um, okay. Would you rather bungee jump or skydive? Skydive. Okay. Do you like beer? No. Do you, but you, Do you drink alcohol? Yes. What do you drink if you have a drink?
0: Apple ciders. Most ciders and also um, OJ with with liqueur.
1: Oh, nice. Do you wear slippers?
0: Yes, of course.
1: How many pairs of slippers do you have?
0: Currently only three.
1: Oh.
0: And the main one that I use is actually made of sheepskin. One pair was actually given to me as a bit of a gift in a package from Netflix. And oh, nice. And then the third pair is isn't that a um, form of duck feet <laughs> that was a gag gift given to me by my brother
1: okay that a is years a, ago. that is a strong lineup of slippers thanks i like it do you prefer hot weather or cold weather neither what's your favorite season
0: maybe autumn okay it's not cold and it's not hot either okay yeah i can't handle cold weather or even hot weather because i sweat easily
1: yeah i sweat i am Michael, I, I get a thing where I sweat anyway, and then I get what I call the second sweat, you know, when you think you stop sweating. So you've like arrived somewhere and you're no. sweating, and then you think, oh, I'm not sweating anymore, it's fine. And then in the middle of speaking to someone, you're like, oh, I, I'm sweating again, and I call that the second sweat. I gift that to you as a phrase if you need it. Nice. <laughs> if you were told you could only watch one TV show for the rest of your life... What TV show would you pick?
0: You really want to know?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Hang on a second. Does this give you the answer?
1: Oh, my word. (laughs) Michael is holding up um, Thomas and Friends, the classic adventure of... It's Thomas the Tank Engine, and it's series four. So that is... what. Okay, that is a very niche choice and I'm into it if you could only listen to one singer for the rest of your life who would it be
0: uh Kyman Oak
1: oh nice bit of Kylie do you read books
0: not very often but I am starting to read a book called The Soul Art of Not Giving a Fuck
1: are we allowed to swear on this podcast
0: yes of course this is not oh this is not restricted to children you know
1: fucking hell Michael I've been not swearing for the whole thing that is because <laughs> i thought i, I thought I, <laughs> I thought i couldn't fucking swear oh we will have to start again
0: this podcast is not supposed to be politically correct you know
1: right i think because i knew you didn't like to talk about anything like you know negative that you didn't really want me to swear i'm very sweary i've been so well behaved swearing doesn't it. swearing
0: doesn't count
1: thank fuck for that <laughs> what's your my favorite swear word is is probably bollocks. I like bollocks. Bollocks? Bollocks. You don't say that in Australia. What what does that mean? Look it up. I'm not gonna say. What's your favorite swear word?
0: Uh, the F word.
1: Right, yeah. Okay, good.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Tess. It was an absolute delight.
1: I have had an absolute fucking ball of a time there you go I got my last swear word in before I leave good
0: <laughs> good I'm glad you did
1: it's so yep, nice today to meet was you. definitely
0: a very likewise Tess it was an absolute pleasure this conversation was quite an interesting one
1: alright see you soon Michael thank you Tess see you again